Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the K1 Women's Assistant Director is Beth Ann Lampley. Hello, so glad to be back. Oh, it's good to have you back. I always feel better when BA is in the studio with us. Oh, that's kind, Shay. Thank you. You're so good at this. So this is kind of fun. Um, Beth Ann came straight out of a K1 strategy meeting for that's summer. That's right. It's spring. Give us what kind of juices are flowing over there at K1. So we've just built an amazing summer staff team. We've been traveling, you know, all these months prior. The team is built, and now the the fun part of dreaming about what we're doing at K-Life, the parties, how we're going to celebrate the Honor Cabin winners and all the moments of just like wonder and magic that we're going to create. So it's fun to kind of change gears and um, get excited. And um, this is where the butterflies start coming in the camp dreams. I don't know about you, Shay, but this time of year in the spring, are, are you I dreaming? start <laughs> having camp dreams. Yes, Some are good and some are more like camp nightmares, but um, but they're, this is they're a, all coming, all the feelings, all, all the emotions. So it's a really fun season. This is what we work towards all year, so it's really fun just to see all the pieces coming together and just start thinking about all the the kids that are going to be coming through the gates oh, before I we love know it. it. You know, I'm I'm currently at K two, but I spent six years with Beth Ann at K one. Beth Ann, here's my favorite thing about K one. I'm ready. Get ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready. It's elementary kids. Yeah. <laughs> they are the best. They're so funny. They're so and they're fun. so goofy. And they're wandering around like, bro, what are you doing? That's right. Where are you going right now? One of my favorite <laughs> things last year, this is so silly, but I loved it. I yeah. was walking through girls camp and someone has nailed a piece of notebook paper to a tree that just says Fidget Spinner Club, be here 6 p.m. No way. Were you Just, there? Uh, you know, Did you I don't show know up? that I showed up. I didn't have my own <laughs> fidget spinner, so I didn't feel like I was in the club. But they're awesome. They're uh, amazing. That is, that really is phenomenal. I love it. Our kids run around the house. They have made cell phones out of pieces of wood. They've gone to the scrap. There you go. So we're, you know, we're a little slow on technology at the Robbins house. <laughs> And so they gone out to my shop and they've got these little chunks of wood and they have drawn cell phones <laughs> and Piper waddles around the house carrying her wood cell phone, snapping pictures right. of you. That's and, right. Oh man, kids are the best. They I love are. it. All right. So let's get down to business. What do you let's say, B.A.? Let's do it. We continue the Cry of the Heart series. And as you guys know, in this series, you'll find both tools for personal emotional health as well as the tools to care for the emotional health of others. And obviously as a dad, I'm gleaning a ton from this. I mean, there's just so many ways to grow in your emotional IQ. And every single one of these tools is equipping me further. Um, and so I'm excited to dive into our conversation for today. Shay, I love that we're talking about um, these heart cries, you know, and we're going to talk about um, being known and loved, appreciated, valued, and understood. And 
these heart cries, this is for every single person in every stage and season of life. And I think there is a misbelief. Sometimes maybe even I can speak from a single perspective that, oh, well, I won't really experience some of these feelings until I'm married and I have that spouse or until I'm a mom or, you know, whatever it might be. But the truth is, no matter what season, um, we all want to know these things. We all want to feel these things. And so it's so good just to to learn about these. And like you said, to grow in our emotional IQ. And, and even for me, as someone who's single, I get to learn how I come alongside and support other singles, but then other people who are moms and dads that are my friends or young married couples. So I think everything we're going to talk about is super valuable. And um, these are all things that um, all people Um, are going to benefit from learning. No doubt. Well, it's not only just Beth Ann and I. Joe White's here too. Joe, what's our topic for today? Shay, really excited to open up this chapter today. And we're talking about the heart cry of being understood. Uh, Every child, every spouse, every friend, every parent wants to be known. Unfortunately, it tends to be an elusive topic in relationships. Most of us as parents don't know how to find that. Most of us as spouses and friends don't know how to find that. But I hope today will be a tremendous window that will be opened up in your personality and the way you parent or the way you marry or the way you befriend. And hopefully also along the way, it will also help fill that cavity in your heart if you grew up not feeling known or understood very well. So, Shay, I got really excited the other day. Uh, I get on writing kicks, as you know. Yes, you do. And uh, and so I, I got on this writing kick about uh, a, a book that might be entitled How to Cherish God's Word. And I thought about the attitude of being a cherisher. Because, you know, when you approach Scripture, the Bible doesn't say read me. It doesn't say study me. But it says cherish me. It says hold me. It says, know me. The Bible says, cling to me. It says, meditate on me day and night. And so to cherish the Bible is like cherishing God or cherishing a relationship. Because a cherisher is one who investigates, is one who who loves that Bible or loves that God or our our God or loves that, that child or spouse or friend so much that as a cherisher, you just naturally want to dig into that person more. You want to know more about that person. Um, so, so Shay, in your relationships with your children, or Bethany, as you say, in your relationships with your friend, there's a continuum. On one end would be zero. On the other end would be 10. And on the zero end would be an, a, a scenario that you would hate that person. That's a zero. Uh, as you move up the continuum, the, the the next step up the ladder would be you avoid that friend. You don't hate them, but you just avoid them. You don't hate that child, but you avoid that child because they're problematic. Moving up a little bit higher on the continuum, you tolerate that friend or that child or that spouse. Moving up a little bit, you take that friend for granted. Or maybe moving up a little bit, you feel entitled to that friendship or that love. And, and then moving up a little bit, you appreciate that child or friend or spouse. But the highest end of that continuum is that you cherish that friend. And to cherish means you adore, 
you treasure, you love, and you admire. And so in terms of God, if you cherish God, you can't wait to know more about him. You can't wait to develop a more intimate, sweet, deeper relationship or your spouse or your kids or your relationships. It becomes your legacy. It becomes your reputation. It becomes your attitude. And and Shay and B.A., wouldn't it be great to be known by your children or your friends or your spouse? Wouldn't it be great to be known as the one who cherishes all that is dear to him? Wouldn't it be great if that's what folks you know dearly feel about you? Because a cherisher exudes joy. A cherisher exudes contagiousness. A cherisher exudes thanksgiving. And on the topic today, a cherisher exudes care. A cherisher opens widely the door to meet the heart cries of every child. And today we'll see how a cherisher is one who wants to meet the need of a child or a friend of being known and being understood. I love that we're talking about this, Joe, because as I think about this, God has wired us all um, to be relational beings and to feel cherished by Him. And then He's given us that ability, like you said, to cherish others. And the more that we learn how to do that, we're taking our eyes off of ourselves onto God and onto other people and fully getting to experience how God has even created us to interact and live with each other. So it's going to be a great topic. Okay, I'm ready to go, Joe. I'm with you on this. So our topic is understanding. How how do you use understanding to become a cherisher of people? So we'll talk in a minute about Psalms 139. And uh, it's so cool because when it talks about God's uh, love for you, the first line in that psalm says, Lord, you've searched me and known me. And then that psalms ends up saying, Lord, know my heart. And so to be known by God, to be fully known by God, and to fully know God gives you an attitude of wanting to be known by your friends, your children, your spouse, and to know those that God puts in your life to love. So to to learn how to know your child or your friend, it stems from a parent or friend or spouse who cherishes that one and so shows great interest or desire to investigate what you cherish. It's it's an attitude of saying, you know, I want to know more. I want to know you more fully. I want to know you more deeply. You talk about setting on fire your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with the Word and your relationship with those that you love, uh, when you become a cherisher and you want to know that person deeply, it just sets that relationship literally in a forest fire. And so you begin, B.A. and Shay, and, and, and all of our friends who are listening, you begin one who wants to know and understand those that you love by asking simple questions <laughs> from your heart in everyday conversations. It's simple questions like when your friend makes a comment or your child makes a remark, what's that like for you? 
Hey, hey, I'd love to know more about that. Oh, that sounds so interesting to me. You know, I love that when you say that. Boy, when you, when you say that, child, I really admire you for that. And what you just said, that is the coolest thing. Shane B.A., can you see how that opens up the heart of your child or of your friend? Absolutely. When they hear you really want to know what comes out of their mouth. And parents, you do that when you tuck your children in bed at night. Don't waste that opportunity to say goodnight. Just carve a few minutes out of your day, best time of the day, to sit there on the bed or lay there on your back shoulder to shoulder and just say, tell me about that. What was that like for you today? How, how'd that go for you when your teacher said that to you? Uh, and then you, in meal times, talk about a great time to have deep, caring conversations with children. You opened it up as a parent by asking great, caring questions or riding down the road in a car as you drive your kid to soccer practice. And, and it's questions like this. Hey, spouse. Hey, child. Hey, friend. What would you do if? What would you do if you could... You, you, your house was on fire and you could only grab one thing in your room. What would you get? Or, or, or you could ask questions like, um, if you were God and you created man, what would you do differently? <laughs> just just open-ended, you know, would you make people robots? Would you give them free will? How would you do it if you were God? Or if you were a parent... You say to your child, and you were going to choose a church for your family. Which one would you choose and why? If you were a parent and you had children of your own, how would you prioritize Jesus in your relationships with your children? Or, or if you were on earth and you, and, they, and you were Jesus and you only had three years to minister to people, what would you do with those three years? Isn't that great, folks, just, just digging in and asking cool questions? And so when you go in a car ride or you go down, you know, for bedtime or you're, or you're in a, a, you know, a meal, write down some questions. I remember one time I, I wrote down 50 questions to ask your child. And they were just great to have those on the tip of my tongue. At Shane BA, I meet so many people in my adult conversations who, 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 you know, come to me for help or counseling or whatever. I, I met with a man last week that I've been meeting with a little bit. Uh, he's a self-made man. He, he, he makes his own path. He doesn't really want to give his, give, give his life fully over to God because he likes to make his own decisions. He's a control guy. And as you can imagine, he's leaving his family in the dust behind him. They don't know their dad, and he doesn't know them because he's out there putting his foot down and making his own choices and making his own way. I have another dear friend, fabulous guy, a guy everybody in this recording studio would love to know. But he was so busy on his mission, he left his wife in the dirt behind him. And after 20, 30 years of their marriage, she just bolted. Why? Because she just didn't feel like she was included in his life. Have another dear friend, just the opposite. His wife took off. She wanted to have, you know, handsome children. She wanted to, quote, unquote, have a ring on her finger. 
But she didn't want to be a mom. She didn't want to be a wife. She didn't want to take time to invest in her husband and her children. And nothing wrong with having a profession. My wife has always worked as well. But boy, she is great also at digging in to her husband and to her children and to her grandchildren. This particular wife took off because the shallow relationships of the office were a whole lot better than deeper relationships at home. And so all three scenarios that I just mentioned of these husbands and wives that took off on their own without taking time to really know and understand and walk with the ones that we love, their kids grow up on an island. Their kids don't feel known and they feel lost and undiscovered. You know, Joe, it makes me think about just the intentionality that we have to put into relationships, because I would venture to think in each of these scenarios, none of these people set out wanting to leave their families in the dust or to neglect them emotionally. But because we've not been taught or we ourselves didn't have an emotional um you know, upbringing where someone's doing that to us, we carry that into our future relationships and, um, you know, then our priorities get out of order. And so I love that we're talking about this today. For some of you who may feel like I've already blown it in this area or our family isn't healthy, emotional, that it's always the right time to start fresh and to realign those priorities and to start asking those caring questions. And so, um, I know I'm filtering this even through my own family story, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But it is so important that we stop and that we're intentional because there are lifelong impacts on our relationships, our kids, and our future relationships as husbands and wives. So, so important. Hey, listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now, back to the show. I love your exhortation of saying today's not too late. Today is the day to start. In the Robbins house, one of our family values is you're deeply loved and always heard. And when your kids are little, it's always dad, 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 dad. And, you know, it just keeps coming out until I stop and I listen and I discover whatever they wanted to share with me in that moment. Now, as your kids get older, they're not verbally saying dad, but I believe that 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 heart cry is still there. They're not speaking it, but it's still dad, 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 dad. And even as a grown man, you know, my, my daddy is, is, I think he's 66 now. And I think he probably knows me and loves me better than he has his entire life. Like he's, he's really, I'm really proud of my dad, the way he's growing but I still care. Like I still want my dad to know me and to care about me and to ask me questions and uh, to go on the, the this adventure of life with me. 
That's awesome. Shay, I'm thinking about, you know, just my story growing up and I've shared a little bit about this on past um, podcasts, but grew up in a home where there was drug and alcohol abuse um, by siblings. And um, that took a lot of my parents' time and attention. And uh, for me, from about the age of 11 on, I had a hard time figuring out how to deal with everything emotionally myself. And again, uh, my parents are amazing. They love Jesus. They love me. Um, but a lot of their attention had to be um, towards other siblings at different times. And so, you know, I struggled to feel understood. Um, did they see the pain that I was in or things that were hard for me? And um didn't always maybe know how to ask some of those questions. Um, but years later, honestly, this happened just a few years ago. We were in town having breakfast at Clockers in Branson, Missouri, one of our favorite kind of last stops before they head out of town. And um, we were just eating and um, my dad just shares with me that he and my mom had just watched a movie. And um, it was about a family that had a special needs child. And essentially, he starts to tell me, God just revealed to us that you probably felt like those other siblings in the movie that maybe didn't feel as emotionally cared for or your needs met. Like we see that now and we are sorry. And so the fact that he circled back to something that was years ago and, and God had gotten me to a place where um, there was no bitterness. I, I Again, I knew and understood my parents loved me. They just had a lot on their plate during that season. But the fact that they took time to go back and say, hey, that probably was really hard. Tell me more about that. Um, tell me what role did counseling play as you stepped into that later and walked through that? And now it's opened up even, there's just an awareness um, and we're having more of those conversations. So again, an encouragement to parents, circle back, even if so much time has passed and you feel like, oh my, I don't even know if my kid would remember that or, um, but the fact that they circled back and had that conversation with me has now led into me feeling more known and cherished and understood and has opened up the door for more conversation. Mm -hmm. oh, Bethany, and I can, you're, you're such a full person. Um, <laughs> you're just, you're so full of love. Um, they must have done a really great job when they figured out how to give you that gift of understanding. Uh, yeah, is, we're kind of reflecting here a little bit, B.A. and Shay, uh, but to, to all mommies out there and future mommies. And, uh, you know, my mom's gift was listening. And uh, as a little kid looking back, my mom and dad were really, really busy. Uh, we didn't have two nickels to rub together. They both worked, uh, I don't know how many hours a day, countless hours a day. They started early and worked late. Uh, and our house was just, um, you know, um, something my daddy built. And, um, you know, um, it was it was a very busy household. But but as we continue to grow up, as Beth Ann said, uh, I admired and cherished when you walked into the room with my mother you were the only person alive. You were the most important person in the world. Uh, my mom's name was Dornell, and she had a big cherishing heart. And the older she got, the more that heart of hers bloomed. Uh, and then my dad's gift was serving. And as daddy got to retirement age in his mid-60s, uh, he had built K-1, uh, you know, our, our flagship camp. And he, he told me he wanted to retire and spend more time with, with mom. And I begged him 
to 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 run with me. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Eddie's friendship, and I wanted him to partner with me as we uh, as he sort of passed the baton to Debbie Joe and I. And and God spoke to his heart, and and on into his seventies and even even early eighties. Daddy told me, "Whatever you dream, I'll build." And, and Shay and B.A., as you can imagine, I had an unquenchable heart for for the lost the lostness of high school kids. I was a young life leader, and I saw kids that knew Christ and walked with Christ, and they were doing so well. And I saw lost kids in the high schools that I worked with, and they were just. They were, their lives were just wrecks. And I just had this passion, this hunger that every kid would know Jesus and would walk with Jesus and walk away from all the addictions and pitfalls of growing up. And so I wanted to build teenage camps. And my dear daddy, who had the gift of construction, he was an engineer by trade, and he would take our, our building teams and he built several of the camps, our kids across America camps. I had a passion for urban kids who didn't have camping in their lives. They didn't have a, a summer home like a lot of kids did. And so daddy helped build uh, some of our kids across America camps where kids are scholarship from the inner city uh, and, and walking alongside with serving. Boy, were, were, they, were they great, Shay, at using their gifts to fill my need for being understood. Joe, to the parent who needs a little help in this, where do we get started? <laughs> That's a great question. So as y'all said a minute ago, it's never too late to start. It's never too early to quit. And so I heard a story years ago uh, about a zoo, if you will, in China. And, and the story went that the animals in the zoo were not happy. They were not entertaining. They were literally worn out. The zoo was open seven days a week. And and basically, the, the animals were entertaining guests all day long, seven days a week. And someone in the leadership of that zoo got the idea, what if we close the zoo one day a week? What if we let the animals rest? And we didn't make the monkeys jump from tree to tree trying to entertain everybody who came by all seven days. So they closed the zoo, B.A., one day a week. They had a day off. They had a day off. Everybody needs a day Everybody off. Everybody needs a day off. <laughs> and so the animals became happy. They became more entertaining. The, the people who came to the zoo six days a week, it's like our friends at Chick-fil-A, the Kathy family. I love that family. And if there's a more popular fast food place in America, I'm not sure what it is. But in closing, they've made it perhaps one of or the most sought-after fast food place in the country. And so it is with parents. Ah, we get buried with all the sports and all the AAU teams and all the church activities and all the parties and friendship stuff. And we just go and go and go and go. And then there's the iPhone. And we let our kids stay on it 18 hours a day. They go to bed with it. They wake up with it. And so kids are always working, and they're always entertaining, they're always texting, they're always calling, they're always social media and Insta, Insta scamming and face crooking and snapbratting, uh, whatever those things are, Beth, and I forget their names, but anyway. <laughs> You're close. Snapchat, TikTok, oh, Instagram, yeah, Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that one, that one. But they're worn out. Our home's worn out. We don't know each other. All we do is just chatter. I remember there was a, 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 a very successful dad in Dallas years ago, and I watched his kids come to camp, 
These kids were well-known. They were well-understood. They loved their parents, and their parents loved them. These kids were so secure and well-adjusted. And I asked this dear friend, I said, do you believe in quality time or quantity time? He said, I believe in both. He said, it takes quantity time to develop quality moments. I remember raising kids in the early days in our home, and I, and I saw a slogan, get the good times together. Oh, baby, it motivated me to set the fire blazing in our house with relationships. And then I remember driving down I-44 one day on our way to Six Flags with the boys. We were going to do a, a, a baseball chapel for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves. So we're going to go to a baseball game with the boys, and we were going to uh, go to uh, Six Flags. And on the, on, the, on the highway, there was a gigantic billboard, and it was a quote by Oscar Wilde, the great writer. And it said... Kids love home when home is the funnest place to be. Hmm. And so it's like you, Shay, out there on your farm with your children, raising goats and raising chickens together. <laughs> I had a kid throwing a fit about going to school. That's how great home is <laughs> this morning. You're doing a great job. But if you'll close the zoo and slow it down a little bit. I have a, I have a buddy who's a college professor. He was by this weekend. And he said, I asked my students in college, how many of you all grew up having mealtimes together? How many of you grew up having just one meal a day together as a family? And he said, one in 10 or less kids raised their hands. Wow. They were so busy that their home didn't have time to talk and to listen and to care about what their children really were like on the inside of their heart. I wrote a book one time called Orphans at Home. When kids feel like orphans at home, it's time to fall in love with your children again. That's what kids feel like when they're not known or cherished by their parents. Some of you are in need of some redemption today. You know, a lot of the heart cry, we process through the filter of how can I use this tool to be a blessing to somebody else? But ultimately, we got to get healthy before we can help others. And the psalm that we keep going back to is Psalm 139. And I, I just want to read four verses to you. The first four, it says, Oh Lord, you searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all. Yeah, I'll show you to be known by God, to know God sets the basis, the foundation on knowing others, knowing the, one, knowing the ones that you love. I, I, I'll close with a story, Shay, I, I read years and years ago. And the story happened in a uh, special needs home in Boston, Massachusetts, where there was a catatonic schizophrenic who lay curled up in a, in a ball, a fetal ball in her bed. She was grown, but she had no feelings, no care to be alive, no care to talk with anybody. She was just catatonic. But there was a, a, a cleaning lady who would go by her room every day. 
This lady was so isolated. She she lived in sort of a solitary confinement uh, lifestyle just by herself. But is the housekeeper haphazardly push her food in under the door? That's how isolated this woman was. She would take her mop handle and lovingly she would just nudge this young woman with her mop handle. Just a little loving nudge. Hey, I'm out here. I see you in there. And day after day after day, she'd give her a little a little love nudge with the mop handle. And then over the months, this young lady began to open up. Her posture began to open up. And they began to talk to one another and they began to share. Beth Ann, a few years later, there was a gentleman in Tuscumbia, Alabama, who was working with a blind, deaf mute named Helen. And he called the caregiver at this Boston home, and he said, I need someone really caring and really special to come down here and teach this young, blind, deaf mute named Helen. And so Annie Sullivan was summoned to go give her life to Helen Keller and make her the most well-known blind, deaf, mute of all time. And so, parents, it's not a big college graduate degree, a Ph.D. in knowing your child. It's just using the little mop handles that you have each day your ears, your eyes, your mind, and your heart to let your kids know, to let your spouse know, men, to let your friends know, hey, someone out here cares about you. I'd like to know you more fully. Only God can write a story like that. We want to thank our audience for sharing time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to family, friendships, and spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just want to pray today, first and foremost, that you would give us a a supernatural sense of how well you know us and how attentive you are to each person listening, that um, each listener matters, that you care about them, that you're intimately acquainted with all of their ways. And that all of the hardships that they're walking through, that you want to hold their hand and, and guide them through those. I just pray that we would, that you'd help us to live in that under that truth that you understand us deeply. And I pray, God, that you would help us turn to others with a compassionate heart and equip us to understand and to care and to meet needs uh, in a deep and authentic way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.